Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And did I not say I would never leave you nor forsake you, saith the Lord? I'm with you even when you don't see evidence of my power available for you. But I'm here, saith God. And all you have to do is reach out and just grasp hold and touch the hem of my garment today. Because I am yours, you're mine, and I want to bless you, saith the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Well, glory. Give God praise. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. He's here. Oh, He touched me. Yes, Jesus touched me. And oh, the joy that was my soul. Something happened, and now I know He touched me, and He made me whole. Well, give God praise. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. He, he deserves our praise. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated if you can. My, it's just good to be here in the presence of God, and I think they're going to go out for children's ministry. Amen. Praise God. Out there, and we can all just join in with them. (laughs) Of the Lord. Oh, well, it's good to feel God, isn't it? It's good to feel the presence of the Lord. It's good to walk by faith, but it sure does feel good to have feelings occasionally. <laughs> Amen. Like one preacher said, I feel good all over, better than any place else right now. Amen. Praise God. But God is so good. Amen. We're just thankful. It's good to have everybody here. Cindy, good to see you this morning. Praise God. Amen. And um, Ann, good to have you. Praise God. Of course, we, we already said Louise and Charles. Char, I say Charles. Is it chalk or chalk? Chalk? Oh, okay. <laughs> we say chalk? Okay, chalk. That's what I thought. I've been calling him chalk, I think. But, but he said, just anything, just don't call me late for dinner. He said, you know. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Of course, everybody knows me by now. I'm liable to call you by some name and... and uh, uh, but uh, maybe not pronounce it just right. But, of course, my name's hard to pronounce, too. I, I tell you, when people meet me, they, they, they say, uh, uh, I had one lady uh, that was in our ministry fellowship, and every time I saw her, she said, Brother Dallyrimple. <laughs> well, I guess it looks like Dallyrimple if you look at it that way. But uh, anyway, I always answer to it anyhow. Praise God. <laughs> but uh, and there's other names, but I won't even uh, now. I won't even uh, go there where other people call me names. You know. <laughs> Praise God. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning. I, I want to share something with you today, and it's it's going to sound like I'm on a be bearing down on a on a particular area, but it's not that. Um, 
But uh, let's read in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 6 right now, where Paul's writing to the church of Corinth. Because what I want to minister to you on is this, this thought of fulfilled obedience. See, you can obey God and not do it from the heart and not have the fulfillment of it. And God wants us to have the fulfilled obedience in our lives. And let's look at what Paul said. For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. And how many know that's where the devil gets us? That's the first place he starts right there in the mind, putting imaginations there. You get a pain in your body and that imagination goes to work. And uh, you, you think of every bad thing that can be because of the imagination. And it could be just something minor. But he said, imaginations, pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I, I want to talk about that fulfilled obedience this morning, because anyone who wants to know God, and anyone who wants to walk closely with God, you must obey God. Obedience is the key ingredient for every believer is to obey God. Now, I'm not going to preach a message today to beat people on the head or nothing like that. I want to encourage you to obey God in some areas that will help you have victory in every aspect of your life. How many, how many like to walk in victory 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, uh, 30 days and 31 days a month and 12 months a year? Amen? I, I, we can walk in victory every day. We don't have to be up and down. Yo-yo Christians, I call those, you know. They're just up and down, up one day, down the next, up one day, down the next. Some of them stay down two or three days, then they get up one day, and then they're down two. No, we got to get up and stay up. Stay up in our spirit. Stay up in our, in our, in our praise with the Lord. But we got to obey Him. It's, it sounds like a strong statement that we're stating there, but there's no way that you can come to a close relationship with the Lord without fully walking in obedience to Him in every area. Every area. Every aspect. And walk fully in the blessing. Enjoy the communion that our... our listen, we, we, I desire communion with God. I desire the presence of God. I want the presence of God. I want to wake up in the morning feeling the presence of God. I want to go down through the day feeling the presence of the Lord. And His presence is there. God said He would never leave you nor forsake you. Isn't that what the Word says? He will never leave us nor forsake us. So therefore, His presence is there. Now there's times we don't feel the what we call the witness bumps, the goosebumps, or those things. But you know by faith that He's there. And you know that He's going to be there for you in every situation. Now, is it possible? You see, salvation comes by grace. How many knows grace is important? Grace. That's, that's God... <laughs> God's, nobody can escape the grace of God. It's, it's by His grace that we are what we are today. It's by His grace in our lives. But salvation comes by grace. 
That's unmerited favor. That's God's favor in your life. That's God saying, you, you may not deserve it in the natural, but you see, God doesn't look at us in the natural realm. He looks at us as His seed that was lost at the beginning when Adam and Eve fell. The seed of man came in a fallen condition, and now it takes God's grace to bring us back up. And that's what Jesus did in his crucifixion, burial, and resurrection, is that by the grace of God now, we are accepted in the beloved. Hallelujah. And we don't have to, we don't have to, we don't have to, you know, back up to the God. You know, some people have to back up to their paymaster to get their checks sometimes, you know, because they take too long of breaks. Y'all know what I'm talking about? But, you know, we don't have to back up to God to get our blessings. God wants you to just face Him faceward and just come fully in His presence because His blessings are there and His power is available for us. Can you say amen? Now, it's, salvation comes by grace, but blessings... See, there's a lot of saved people that's not enjoying the benefits of God. There's a lot of born-again believers that can believe God for their eternal salvation, but they can't believe God in between here and there. Amen. So, salvation comes by grace, but blessings come through obedience. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Obedience. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it is possible to be a child of God. By grace, but lose God's blessings by disobedience. I don't know about you, but when I get to heaven, I want to make sure that all the blessings that were mine are there with me. <laughs> and but we—it's it, possible that you, you can be saved and God's bless and, and lose God's blessings. You can lose blessings. You can lose blessings by disobedience if you don't obey God. And follow through with it. But God operates according to His Word. He loved Israel. When they went into captivity and they suffered great tragedy because they refused. You know, did you know if you'll... I don't know, I, I took time one day to just read through all those times when Israel went into captivity, went into captivity, went into captivity. They, all, they always seemed like they was going into captivity to somebody else and under their dominion. And you know what it was all due to? It was all due to disobedience. They refused to obey His Word. Now, most of us obey the Word in a lot of areas. And I, I want to just get down in some areas where, where it will help us when we walk out of here. We can walk in victory 365 days a year, 366 on leap year, 7 days a week, 24 hours a day. And we can have the blessings of God operating in our life continually. Because we're going to see what God says. But, uh, you know, but, but we think... Now, now I'm going to make a statement here. Don't don't judge me yet. But we're 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 in a the problem with the American church is that we think we're entitled to God's blessing because of God's love. Now we are entitled. Now don't get me wrong. We are entitled to what God has for us. But there's a message going forth now. That doesn't teach obeying God and falling in line with God. It's a message today. You just live your life. God loves you. God accepts you. 
And listen, God does. God loved the whole world that he gave his only son. That whoever believed in him shouldn't perish but have everlasting life. But once we get into the, in, into the kingdom of God, there's still some things we got to do. You know, there's things that we have to do. Did you know I was grown? I was a child and I obeyed my father. I did what he said do. And because he, he, he always kept his word if, if, you know, he's going to give us a spanking. And, uh, he, he, I like my mama spanking better because she would come get us. We'd get under the covers and she'd hit the covers and we'd say, oh, 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 that hurts, you know. And, and we wasn't feeling the thing. But my daddy'd come in and just pull the covers back. <laughs> and we remembered. What we wasn't supposed to be doing. We remembered it. But, but you know, we, we, Americans, is, we, we think we're entitled to God's blessing because of God's love. But it's not. It's obedience. Obedience is what brings the blessings. Obedience is what brings God's blessing. I've had people come to me and thank God we don't have that problem in our church here. But because every one of you know the blessing of giving. We, we don't. Uh, how many knows I don't say nothing on money? On. I don't have to say, we, you know, we might tell you a special project we're doing or something like that. But, but I'm, I'm, we, we don't have to. We don't worry about it. You know, it doesn't matter. I don't worry about it. Because, you know why? Because you love God and you're going to do what God says to do. And because you do what God says to do, we're able to go forward. I tell you what, I've been in those churches where they took 30 and 40 minutes begging people to give their tithe and offerings. Well, you don't have to get, beg people to give their tithe and offerings. The Bible said, bring your tithe and offerings to the Lord. And, and I believe once we get a revelation of that, it, it, it's going to be a joy to bring it to the Lord. Praise God. And right off the top. How many knows God wants it right off the top? <laughs> and just do it that way. I know some of you, I've seen checks, you know, given and, and it was written three weeks ago because you do it right off the top when you got your check or whatever you get and you do it right off the top. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. But we do it. But, we, but if we don't obey the word, blessings, uh, uh, you, you know, it, it just, we, we have to do what God says. Obedience is what God's looking for. But, and, and we think worship moves God to bless us. Now listen, worship is important. Worship gets you in the presence of God. Well, I, I say that, but you know what? His presence is with us. But what worship does, it gets you in an attitude of praise and, and adoration to the Lord and an attitude to receive what God has. So as we worship Him, uh, uh, you, you know, it's, it's not just singing songs. It's got to be worship. We got to sing. I tell you what, you can take an old hymnal out of the book, and you can let somebody that's starchy and don't know God and don't have a, a relationship with God, and they can sing it by the letter. But you can take that same song, that same hymnal, give it to somebody that may not be polished in their in their training with singing or anything like that, and they can make that song come alive. Praise God! Why? Because they are worshiping God, uh, and it's through obedience. Praise God. I'm glad we have good worship. Even when I get off key. Y'all just learn to kind of go with the flow now. But I'm going to get that Pentecostal key of G before it's over with, you know. (laughs) 
But we have to obey. So what is the difference? I want to, I want to just ask you a question this morning. What's the difference between faith and obedience? See, faith simply means believing that something is true and committing our lives to it. That's faith. You know, my wife and I got married six years ago, a little over six years ago now. I was married 42 years prior to that, and then I was single for six years nearly. But, you know, the thing is, God, God opened the door and put us together. But you know what? When we got together, it, it, was, it was something that, uh, you know, I don't have to get up every morning and say, I sure hope you love me still. I sure hope you haven't changed your mind about me. Listen, wouldn't that be terrible to live a life? Especially if you've been married 50 years and 60 years and 70 years and 10 years or 5 years, whatever it might be. It'd be terrible to wake up and say, do you, do you still love me? Well, you know, we, we haven't changed our mind yet. I mean, you know, there, there's, there's some times that I may not act like I love. <laughs> now, don't look at me so innocent out there. But faith simply means believing that something is true, what God's told you, and then committing your life to it. That's what faith is. Faith is. Now faith, Hebrews 11 one says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is. So faith means believing in God and what Christ has done for us to make our salvation possible. We've got to believe what Jesus did is what makes our salvation possible. We gotta believe it. You know, I get, I get fresh revelation every time I read scriptures on the cross and what Jesus did for us. There's fresh revelation that comes alive in my heart. And, and, and this is what God wants us to do is begin to see what, what our real faith is. Faith means believing in God and what Christ has done for us to make our salvation possible. Now the first part of faith is belief. You gotta believe. You've got to believe. There's a lot of people don't know if they're saved or not saved. They haven't believed. You have to believe. You've got to believe in your heart. Everybody say in my heart. See, that's, that's where it's, you've got to believe in your heart. God raised him from the dead. You've got to believe in the heart. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. That's what the writer said. So the first part is belief. It means there's faith actions. You know, believing is not just thinking it, meditating on it, but believing is saying it and then having actions to line up with what you say. See, you can tell somebody you love them, but then there's actions that line up behind it that let you know that, that you really do love them. Amen? So faith is believing. Belief that God exists. Believe that God sent His Son. I believe God sent His Son, don't you? And, and that's all. it's a definite belief that what the Bible says about Jesus is true. We believe what the Word says about Him. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. You know, if we could ever just get that one, three words down in our heart, Jesus is Lord. 
That means that anything the devil throws your way isn't going to topple you or make you stumble or make you fall. Why? Because you know Jesus is Lord. He's Lord over circumstances. He's Lord over the problem. He's Lord over disease. He's Lord over everything that's negative. Jesus is Lord. Praise God. He's victorious. So, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews 11 and 6. Because you, anyone who comes to him must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Uh, the second form of faith is this, is commitment. See, you've got to believe something, then you've got to commit it. Do you believe that you can do something, then you've got to commit to it. I had a hard time one time. My little girl liked to jump off the table. I let her do it. I taught her how to do this. I, I teach good tricks. And I said, now get up on the table. She was, she was just a little toddler. I mean, you know, just, you know, just beginning to toddle. I said, now jump in daddy's arms. And she said, oh, I can't do that. I said, now just jump. And then she jumped and I caught her. And then she wanted to do it again. Again, daddy, again. And so we did it probably 15 or 20 times or 50 times. I don't know how many times we did it, but I was getting tired. So I said, okay, that's enough. And she was down on the floor, and I turned my back, and all of a sudden I heard her say, Daddy, catch me! And I turned around, and she was already in the air. And I rushed over there, and then I caught her. And I said, Stacy, you can't do that. Just because you want to, you know, you got to make sure I'm there to catch you. But, you know, she had confidence. She had confidence. She believed, and she believed, and she was able to commit to it. Commit to it. you got to be able to commit to what God wants. Commit to what God is saying and do it. So, the commitment. And, and then, uh, you got to trust Him. you got to trust God. So, listen. There's times when you don't feel God. That's why we can't go by our feelings or our emotions. Sometimes you don't feel God, but the main thing is you know God is and He's there with us all the time. Because He said He would be. And I believe what God says. Amen? Now, <laughs> we've got to trust Him. Trust in the Lord. The Bible said in Proverbs 3, verses 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. True faith not only believes Christ can save us, but actually trust Him to do it. How many times? Well, I, I'm not going to ask you. Maybe when you first got saved. And maybe you had some difficulties and you had some problems in habits of the flesh and things of this nature. And how often did the devil say, well, you didn't get nothing? And, you know, you, you go to the preacher, am I really saved? I don't feel right now like I'm saved. I, I don't feel like I'm supposed to. But that's when you trust him. You trust God. You trust what God's Word says. The Word says, by His blood, we're redeemed. By His blood, we're set free. It's by His blood that we have the victory. It's by the blood of Jesus. And we, we've got to really believe that if we're going to see it really effective in our hearts and lives. And believe what God says. So, truth, faith, 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Praise God. So true faith not only believes Christ can save, but actually trust Him to do it. So this is what faith is, fulfilled obedience. See, when you fulfill the obedient part of confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believing in your heart, you're saved. Praise God. I've seen people get saved, and I thought they were going to tear that church up because they were shouting so much. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, they were so happy. So excited. Then I've seen some people get saved. They sit there and they said it. And they believe in their heart. And there's no emotion. Now, you can't judge a person by their emotions. Amen? Yeah. You, you can't judge a person by their emotions. You've got to judge by what the Word says. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in the heart, thou shalt be saved. See, so we don't know what someone is, unless we got x-ray vision to look into that heart. I'm talking about the spiritual heart now, not the physical heart, the spiritual man. You, you can't know what's in their heart, but God does. God knows. And so this is what happened when we get saved, amen? But it, it, it's, for, for it's by grace you have been saved in Ephesians 2, verse 8. It's by grace that you've been saved through faith. Through faith. So true faith is willing to do what God requires. Now, I, I want to get into something, though, that I, I, this is what I want to really teach on. <laughs> Sermon number one there. But what I want to share with you this morning is what true faith is willing to do. It's willing to do what God requires. Sometimes you've got to step out of the boat like Peter did on the stormy sea. Sometimes you've got to Walk around the wall like the children of Israel did around the walls of Jericho and not say a word for the six days. And on the seventh day, you walk around seven times. And on that seventh time, you give a loud shout with all the horns going and the ram horns and all of that going and see the wall fall. Sometimes we got to do those type of things. True faith. See, true. I'm talking about true faith and what God's calling us to do now. True faith is also praising God instead of grumbling and complaining. It's a whole lot easier to grumble against God, complain, you know. Thank God for what we have. What Paul teaches us in all things, be content. Be content with whatever things you have. Just let contentment be there. Contentment. Now, you know what contentment does? It means you're the same all the time. You're the same. In your heart, you're the same. Contentment is not gauged by what you have physically, financially, or relationship. That's not what your contentment's based on. Contentment is based on your relationship with the Lord and your faith in Him. And that can, word contentment, Paul said, I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. Uh, the original translation says to be independent of the circumstances. That face him. I've learned to be independent of the circumstances. And so we, we've got to learn that we can be content. Contentment is not accepting sickness. Contentment is not accepting poverty. 
Contentment is not accepting anything negative in your life. I'm not talking about we accept that as part of our... But contentment is being the same inside us all the time. That, that's it. God wants you to be content in your heart and be the same all the time. Praise God. Because you know circumstances are going to change. Circumstances were never meant to be permanent. Circumstances are always subject to change, and they're going to change according to your faith and according to you allowing God to be God and to do what He's called to, to do in your life. Amen? He can do it. Praise God. We can be content. I tell you, you can, you can relate to finances. I, I mean, I can relate to finances. There have been times when we, we had needs in our life, and I didn't have the money in, in my billfold or in my account or anything to do what I needed. And I said, Lord, I'm trusting you. You said that you're my source. And this is what Paul was saying. I have learned in whatever state of, I've learned to be abased. I've learned to be, uh, to be, uh, uh, Penniless, so to speak, you know. I've learned to be in want. I've learned to be in lack. I've learned these things. But I have learned in whatever state I am, whatever circumstance, whatever situation, I have learned to be content. Hallelujah. Content with what God's doing. So true faith is willing to do what God requires. Trusting in the Lord. Letting God do it. And do what God tells you to do regardless of what it looks like in the, in the natural. Obedience. Obedience. Listen, don't you? I, I like to think I was an obedient child growing up. And I wasn't obedient because my dad beat me. I was obedient because he taught me what he would do if I didn't obey. You know. <laughs> but obedience is the key to walking in the presence of God and experiencing his peace. Obedience. Salvation comes by grace. Blessings come through obedience. So how do we demonstrate our faith? I, now, I want to get down to right where we are today in everyday living. Because every one of us here are saved. We're born again. We're probably talking to people that's watching us by Facebook Live. You're, you're saved. You're born again. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. But now, what do we do and how do we demonstrate our faith in God now? What, what is it God's requiring out of us right now to, to, to have that fulfilled obedience in our life? I, I want to I fulfill that obedience. Listen, you probably come to church sometimes and you may have had a reason to be discouraged. You know, I'm, I'm not saying things don't happen. Things happen. Things happen. Life happens. And those things that happen can pull you down in your spirit and you can be spiritually drained. And maybe you don't feel like jumping the pews or maybe you don't feel like running the aisles or maybe, maybe you don't even feel like saying out loud, amen, or what. Y'all ever been in that position before? I have. I've been there before and didn't feel like doing nothing. But you know what? It wasn't long until I got in the presence of the Lord and God's presence was so real and the word was so strong and rich and it encouraged, it come into my spirit, man, and it made me feel like, like one preacher said, I can charge hell with a thimble full of water. Glory to God. Amen. Because you've got victory in Jesus. But obedience. How do we demonstrate our faith? Smith Wigglesworth. How many's ever heard of Smith Wigglesworth? He was an old preacher back years and years and years ago. And, uh, I, man, he had miracles. He had healings. He slept in a bed where uh, the husband... Back then, you know, they didn't have a lot of hotels where they put preachers up. And, and so he stayed with this family. And the husband had to go. He worked 
the uh, uh, midnight shift or whatever they call, and he didn't get come home till that morning. And so Smith slept in his bed for a week in that revival, or however long it was. And then uh, this man was backslid, and he was a bear to live with. <laughs> and But he, he Smith slept in that bed, and so the little woman, he was leaving the revival and going, and uh, the little woman said, uh, what, what am I going to do? My husband, he's just, I'll tell you what, he, he, he didn't want you here. He didn't want us to go into the meeting. He, you know, he, he, she's just going on. He said, well, he said, just don't change the sheets. In other words, how many ever heard of anointed claws? Smith said, just don't change the sheets. And we're going to believe that when he gets in that bed, the power of God's going to hit him. <laughs> And he came home that day, and he was grumpy when he came home, like he always was. And he got in there, and he pulled the sheets up over him, was going to go to sleep. And he began to shake and to weep and to tremble. The power of God got a hold of him. He got born again right there on the spot. Praise God. Because that was just kind of a point of contact that Smith was You know, handkerchiefs went out from Paul. You know, they sent out handkerchiefs from Paul, anointed handkerchiefs. And that's just a point of contact. It's not the handkerchief itself that's doing the work, but it's a point of contact. It's faith. It's faith in operation and faith believing. And so Smith Wigglesworth always had this statement. Faith is an act. Faith is an act. See, you can say all day long you got faith, but you've got to have something to back up your, what you're saying. And when you've got faith... You're going to act upon the Word of God and see the results of the Word of God because you're believing what God said. So we demonstrate it. Faith is an act. Obedience to the Word of God is faith. Obedience to God. Listen, there's been times I didn't feel nothing. You know? I was in a preacher's conference one time. And I just felt drained. I didn't feel, I just felt blasé. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to lift my hands. I didn't want to praise God. I didn't want to sing. Didn't, you know, didn't want to do that. I wasn't in, engaged as far as doing anything in the service. So I was just sitting there. Boy, I just wish this thing was over with. Oh, man, I, how long is this guy going to go? You know, but you know, all of a sudden the presence of God came in that place. Well, it was there all the time. <laughs> But I finally got my radar out and hooked into it. But the, the, the Spirit of God was there. But you know what? It's, it's, it's simply letting, letting God know, hey, I'm putting my confidence in you. Amen. Not what I feel. Listen, I don't, I don't judge anybody because they don't feel good. How many of you understand what I'm saying? But what I want to encourage is let that faith in your heart begin to rise up and override the feelings. That's what faith does. It overrides your carnal feelings and the feelings that you have on the inside, and you have to just do what God says. But it's, it's faith in God. Obedience to God's Word is a sign of faith. When God says do something, you have faith. And this is what God's wanting us to do. If we're going to get the blessings of God, we've got to obey God. Amen? We've we, we got to do what the Word says. Hallelujah. Stop praising God by faith. I've learned that as you start praising the Lord by faith and just glorifying God, it doesn't take too long till the presence of God manifests itself. He's there all the time. 
You know that old song? He was there all the time. Amen. And God's there all the time. He's with us all the time. But what we've got to do is exercise our faith and do what God says to do so God's presence can be manifested. And He's manifested when we exercise our faith and do what the Lord says. Now listen, some of us need... How many needs a miracle? Amen? God says his, He's got confidence in your faith. And what the Lord is showing us this morning, if we're going to have what God says we can have, we've got to do what God says we can do. Without faith, the Bible said in Hebrews eleven six, 6, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Faith. The obedience that's required uh, to you by God is your understanding of who you are and what God's done through Christ. Listen, we are a child of God. We're born-again believers. We're new creatures in Christ Jesus. We're sons of God, daughters of God. I mean, you know, that ought to make you shout right there just to know that you're a child of God. A son of God. Hallelujah. And because we are, we have everything we need. Everything, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, whatever. We have everything we need because we're a child of God. God has it all. He's our Father. We're His children. And what God's wanting us to do now is say, Lord, I believe. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act on the Word. I'm going to act on the Word. See, God, God's looking for, for that obedience. Obedience. See, obedience is not necessarily uh, doing something... Out of the extraordinary, obedience is simply doing the simple things that God tells you to do. I used to hate it when I was down in the dumps and somebody wouldn't get down in the dumps with me. I wanted to, I wanted to have a pity party. You, know, you ever had a pity party? You know, if you had, you ought to send out some invitations, you know. To all your friends around you and say, hey, I'm having a pity party Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock at my house. Come on over. <laughs> Nobody's going to show up. The cat and dogs don't want him to show up, you know. <laughs> because they don't want nobody feeling sorry for themselves. But, but what we've got to do is we, we've got to come to that place where we can let our faith be released in who he is. And as we do this, we're going to see God do what He said He would do. Amen? And God requires obedience. Obedience. Elijah had to obey God. Elijah went to the little widow woman's house, and, and her son was there. And, uh, and, and they were just going to cook their last meal and just eat it and die. They were, they were just that, that low in everything they had. But you know what? Elijah, God told Elijah. See, cause God, see Elijah had done what God said to do. Before all this happened, he had, he had already stood before the prophets of Baal and said, Hey, y'all pray first to your gods, and then whoever answers by fire and devours this sacrifice and the water laps it up, that's the God we're going to serve. And so he let the prophets of Baal go first. And, you know, the prophets of Baal went first, and they did all day long. They cut themselves. They did all this stuff that they're supposed to do, you know, as prophets of Baal and, and uh, try to get God to, their God to answer by fire. Nothing happened. But, and the Bible, the Bible literally says this. It doesn't say it just in these words, but it means it's what it means. But Elijah said, they're just twiddling his thumbs. He says, well, 
How much longer are y'all going to be? Is your God asleep? Is he went on a vacation? You know, he's just really riddling them, you know. Where is this God that you talk about that we're supposed to be so afraid of? Finally, it was his turn. Sixty-three words is all that he used. God answered by fire. Lapped up the water. The sacrifice. Did it all. God showed who was. who was. Uh, and then Elijah had all the prophets of Baal killed. And then Jezebel got word of it. And all, had 450 prophets of Baal there. And they all got, they all, he had them all killed. And he, he didn't fear them. But boy, he feared that woman. Old Jezebel. And the Bible said he ran for his life. Ended up in a cave. And in that cave, you know, as, as he was there, the Lord answered in a still, small voice to him that day. And then God told him to go down to, to, to Zarephath. Because there's a widow woman there that he, he was going to sustain. And, and go by, first he had to go to the brook. And he said, you go to that brook and I'll send the ravens there daily to you. And then the, the brook dried up. See, see, sometimes we get in a, in a situation we think is permanent, but you know what? The brook dries up. The brook dries up, and you gotta, you gotta move forward in the spirit realm. You know, you gotta move, you can't stay where you are. You'll get stagnant if you stay where you are. But he, he, the brook dried up, and then he said, you go down to Zarephath, I've got a widow woman there that I've commanded to sustain you. And so he went down there, and there she was, getting her sticks together to make a little fire, and get her last bit of meal and last bit of oil, and bake a cake for her and her son, and they were just gonna sit down and die. That was the attitude they had. Just sit down and die. There's, listen, we don't need to give up. As long as you've got breath to praise God, you can go forward in Jesus' name. Amen? There's no time to just sit down and give up. There's no time to just sit down and say, well, I can't do it. I can't make it. No, no, no. We're going to sit up and say, yes, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God is on my side. And God sustained that woman as she obeyed God first. And that little cruise of oil that she had, the little bit she had, and the barrel of meal that she had just a little bit in there, it never went dry. And it never was empty all the time during the drought. Because God is our source. Amen? Listen, we've got to come to that place where we can act in faith. Glory to God. Just believe God and believe that God's going to do what He said He would do. Obey Him. Praise God. Greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. We need to just say, Lord, I believe what you say. Look what, look what Ephesians 2 verse 6 says. He's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He's made us sit together. Look at Ephesians 1, 19 through 21. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that's named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Look at 1 John 5, 4. You've overcome the world. Amen? And whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. First John says, and you're more than a conqueror through him who loves you. Praise God. You're more than a conqueror. Everybody say, I'm more than a conqueror. Hey, you're more spiritual than what you think you are. <laughs> You've got more faith than what you think you have. You've got more anointing and power in you than what you thought you had. It's there because it's all in him. It's in God. So if you want a blessing, 
You've got to obey God's Word. Obedience puts you in the center of God's will. I'll, I'll never forget that time that uh, I, was, uh, I was in Bible college. And, uh, you know, back then, country western music was, I just loved the beat, you know. I, I loved the beat of it. And, but the country western, and, and boy, and I, there were about five of us guys, and six of us, we'd all pile in the car, we'd, we all worked at General Motors across town, and so we'd get up there early in the morning, go to work, and, and on the way over, we had what we call KIKK on the radio, the kicker station, and all these songs, and we would sing along with all those old sad songs, you know, and get to work, and, and then we wonder why we wouldn't have a move of God there on the, on the job. You know, I mean, there were some men there that needed God. There were some there that were backslid. There were some there that just meaner than the devil, you know. They were the devil's brother, I think, on some of them, you know. But, but you know, but we weren't able to reach them because we weren't prepared spiritually. And God spoke to our hearts. And God spoke to me, and I told the other men, I said, you know what we need to do? Instead of listening to that for 45 minutes all the way to work, why don't we just praise God on the way to work? And just glorify God. And we started doing that. And when we got to work, we, we found we were in a position spiritually. And we began to minister to those men. And I tell, our revival hit that yeah. warehouse. Our revival hit that warehouse. People got saved. Even the foreman came to us one day. And sitting there talking. We're supposed to be working. He said, oh, I'm the foreman. He said, I want to ask you some questions. He sat there for an hour and a half. And we talked to him about the Lord. He gave his heart to the Lord. Hallelujah. God moved. God began to move. And we, we saw God do some things. But you know what? God had to deal with me about that music, you know, because I didn't need that kind of stuff in my spirit, you know. I, I, we, I heard one song one time called Almost Persuaded. I thought it was a gospel song at first, because I remember a gospel song, but it was talking about being persuaded to, to go out on his wife, you know, almost persuaded. I said, Dear Lord, we don't need that kind of stuff in our spirit. Thank God. I, I don't listen to it no more. Praise God. <laughs> Never, I quit listening to it way back yonder. And, 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 and listen, I'm not condemning nobody. How many understand what I'm saying? But you know what? I'd rather just put some good gospel music on. Amen? And just listen to what the, the Lord's doing. But we got to obey and do what God says to do. If, if I had not obeyed God in that thing, the devil could have overtaken me in another thing. And so we've got to come to that point where we do it. Obedience releases the power of God. Obedience. I had a preacher uh, friend that I knew. He was, he was doing a revival way out in the country somewhere uh, off, the, off the interstate highway down towards Houston. And he was out riding with the pastor one day. And, uh, and, and, and the Holy Spirit spoke to him. He said, I want you to stop right here. And he stopped, and the pastor said, well, what's here? There's nothing here. He said, well, I don't know. God just said stop. So he got out, and he started walking. He walked a little ways off the, off the interstate and went up on a hill and come back over a hill. And here come a woman out of a farmhouse with an apron full of eggs. And she saw him. And she screamed. <laughs> she almost dropped all of her eggs, but she didn't. She was able to keep some of them. And... and she had him to follow her to her house. Her husband was home dying with a disease in his body. They didn't have money back then to go to the doctor and to do a lot of things that was necessary at that particular time. And, and she said, God sent you. 
And he went in there and he ministered to him and laid hands upon him. The power of God went through him, gave him a miracle, healed him. And, and I think he was uh, backslidden and away from the Lord. But he came back to the Lord that day. And the other preachers up there waiting on him said, here. He started honking his horn. Hurry up. <laughs> Finally, the, pa- the evangelist got him up there and he said, what took you so long? He said, well, I just on a little assignment for God. Got a man saved and healed down there. Praise God. Hallelujah. But let, obedience is important. Obedience, doing the little things is important. When you obey God, you get in God's will and there's a release of the power of God. When you obey God in praise, God inhabits the praises of His people. God inhabits when you begin to just glorify God in your kitchen, in your home, uh, in the car, wherever you he, he inhabits the praises. Of it. We need to get in the place where we get in the presence of God every day and say, Lord, I love you. I praise you. I thank you. Because this is what's going to bring the victory. Amen? And this is what, uh, that's when it's fulfilled obedience. See, if you don't obey God in the little things God tells you to do, you're not fulfilling the obedience of God. And I want to be able to fulfill the obedience of God. Lift your hands and praise God. That's what the Bible says. We lift our hands and we praise and worship the Lord. That's obedience. That's fulfilled obedience. Some, and like the children of Israel, they had to march around the walls. And we don't have to physically march around the walls. But I'll tell you what, we need to just be able to come against the enemy and just praise God and just glorify God and let God do what He said He's going to do. As we do these things, we're going to see the power of God uh, in, in victory in your life, and the power of Satan is going to diminish. Praise God. I, listen, God's power is greater than the power of God. I tell you, the devil, he ought to send his little imps to your house and say, and they come back with a report, you know what? It's not an easy target because they're praising God all the time. They're glorifying God all the time. Or they may come back and say, well, it's pretty easy. Because they get discouraged real easy. They get down in the dumps real easy. They start complaining real easy. <laughs> so that would be an easy target. No, I want the devil to come to my house and say, hey, this ain't easy. You're not making it easy for my job. I don't want to make it easy for the devil. I want to make it the hardest thing in the world for him because victory's ours. Amen? I said victory's ours. Victory's ours because Jesus said it's ours. Amen? So what's the difference between faith and obedience? Obedience is a result of true faith. When you obey God, that's true faith. When we lift our hands and praise God, that's true faith. When we worship Him, that's true faith. And it's believing, it's committing, it's trusting in God's Word. It's, tr- it's believing what God said. Thus saith the Lord. I believe what God says. The Word says. The Word declares. And then we offer the sacrifice of praise. And we act in faith. Praise God. You may not feel like praising God. But you know what? When you start doing that in the midst of that turmoil, in the midst of that storm, in the midst of that problem, you just go ahead and just do it. You're going you're gonna to see God move in your life in a supernatural way like never before. Because I want to tell you something. That's fulfilled obedience. When God tells you to do something. When God speaks to you. When God says do it. When God says obey me. When God says, do what I'm supposed to, what you're supposed to do, obey God. Obey Him. Hallelujah. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Yes. Amen. So, fulfilled obedience is when we do what God says. 
Praise God. As a church, I want to fulfill the obedience. I want to praise Him. I want to worship Him. I want to do everything God says to do. I want to give God place. Give God first place. And we're going to see miracles. Praise God. God is a miracle worker. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and just glorify the Lord this morning. Thank you, Father. Praise you, God, that we can do what your word says in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Do you believe the Lord this morning? Do you really believe in this morning? Could you shut your eyes and let's just sing this little song. Well, it's only believe. Only believe. All things are possible. Only believe. Only believe. Only believe. All things are possible. Only. Could you just slip up your hand and make it personal and sing it? Lord. I believe, Lord, I believe, all things are possible, Lord, I believe, Lord, I believe, Lord, I believe. All things are possible. Lord, I... Could you sing now, Lord, I receive. Is it say, Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive. All things are possible. Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive. All things are possible. Lord, I. You know, we just need to turn it over to the Lord this morning. Just release it all to Him. And as we do what God's Word says, God's going to do what He said He'll do in His Word. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I want you to start looking for improvement in your life. Improvement in your body. Improvement in those situations and problems. Improvement. God will send the improvement because God's moving by His power and by His Spirit. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Praise God. Thank you for coming and participating with us in worship. And the Word today. We're going to be Facebook Live at 6 o'clock tonight for those that 
Well, we won't be here but me and Pat. <laughs> so anyway, join us. And you know one thing about Facebook, you can catch it at another time if you don't get it tonight. Amen.